Hey everyone, and welcome back to The Crash Couch. I'm your host, Chris McGuffin, and unfortunately, we had another spacing incident. Eric is not here. I, I didn't do it. <laughs> this time it wasn't you, Lou. Um, so yes, Eric is not here, but Lou is. Uh, he's, my, he's my faithful co-host. So. I'm here, yes, yes, I'm your co-pilot tonight. <laughs> oh, Lou, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good. Yeah, I've, I'm doing pretty well, too. Uh, I just watched uh, this episode of The Expanse that we're going to be talking about, Pyre. I watched it yesterday, and you'll be happy to know that um, I my overall opinion of it is better than I thought last week. So, okay, good. good. But, you know, it's weird because I, I said this while I was live tweeting it um, last Wednesday the, of the, I think it was what, the seventh man? And I seem to have this every single time I live tweet it. I don't know if it's just like the fan interaction that we have or if it's just sitting down to watch the episode without like really any distractions or, or trying to remember stuff to talk about on the podcast. But I enjoyed it more. That when I watched it live, than beforehand. And again, I don't know if that was just because of the fan interaction or what, but hmm. it was it could have something to do with it. It could also be that you're seeing for the second time and you can appreciate yeah. more things and you know pick up on nuances, which is cool. Yeah. So, well, you know, before we get into this week's discussion, there are two things I want to uh, talk about first. Um, first of all. I need to make an apology, but we're going to blame Eric because it's one, it's kind of his fault already, but two, he's not here. So again, random chatter policy dictates. It's, it's really his fault. It, yeah. It's his fault regardless. So uh, I think it was two weeks ago now I said we had an iTunes feed and I was wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was looking at, cause see what I, I don't use like iTunes or anything. I don't even have, I don't own a single Apple product. Um, I was looking at my yeah, get wow. get the gasps out of the way. I don't own a, anything. <laughs> I'm not sure we can have you on a network. Anymore. I know, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, I was looking at my podcast app that I use, and I searched Crash Couch to see if we had an iTunes feed yet because I was told by a certain network director who will remain nameless that uh, he submitted our iTunes feed. Well, I went to search for it, and I search, I use an iTunes search engine. That's how my uh, podcast app gets the stuff. Um, and Crash Couch showed up as having a feed. Well, turns out it was just the RSS feed that it was getting, and it wasn't the actual, um, like, true iTunes thing. Because come to find out, it was never submitted in the first place. Mm. However, that has since been fixed, supposedly. That's what I've been told. So we should have an iTunes feed soon. So um, if you're looking for that, be on the watch uh, on Twitter because um, I'll probably – I think I will I should get an email whenever it goes through um, so I can tweet about it when we do. Otherwise, uh, you can keep downloading from our website or subscribe to the main uh, Random Chatter Network feed to get all of that. Yeah, you know, it'd be nice once we get that because you would get all this interaction with fans on Twitter and mm -hmm. people are following us now and we're interacting with the cast and the crew and no iTunes feed. Yeah. Hmm. Got to talk to the network about network director about that little mishap. 
Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's not here because he doesn't want to take the heat. Yeah, maybe that's why he got spaced. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so second uh, thing I wanted to mention, uh, earlier this evening, uh, we're recording uh, Tuesday night, um, uh, March 14th, night before the expanse. That should be a that should be a Christmas poem. It was the night before the expanse, and all through the belt, <laughs> all through the ship, all through the belt. That's good too. Oh, I could probably sit down and probably make a parody poem of that, but no time for that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so I said we were recording a new episode of Crash Couch, and is there anything um, that our followers want us to talk about? And I said no book spoilers, so maybe that uh, straight away people from saying anything. But we did have one response. Uh, Andrea, who is at Cats Bears on Twitter, says, what do you think of the amount of screen time Diogo has been getting, and do you think he will have a bigger role? Now, Lou, you probably can attest to this, since you're a book reader. I'm not. Uh, personally, I love Diogo as a character. I remember when he was first introduced back in season one, and he because he was on that um, ship, right? Yep. He was the one on the ship, and and then he got, like, thrown out of the yep, ship, yep. and whoever he was uh, with, like, went His and crashed uncle. it, right? Yep. Yeah. So, which I didn't really, like, I remember thinking at the time, that was a weird scene. Like, why was that even in there? And then I realized later, you know, it was Diogo. Um, yeah, I thought that was a little bizarre, too, but... Yeah. But I think, um, in response to this... I love Diogo as a character. Uh, I really liked him when he interacted with Miller. And I'm sad that we can't have that anymore. But I, yeah. do, I do hope that he um, is a, r- remains on the show at least for the, at least for the rest of the season. Um, it would be nice to kind of see him take a, a bigger, um, like a bigger part in it. But I, I guess. Okay. He he's he's fine. Um, I think the guy that does it, Andrew, don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to attempt it out of respect. But I think I think uh, he does a marvelous job acting too. So um, and really really brings life to the character. Uh, Lou, what is what is your opinion of the actor? You know, he does a great job with with the role. I mean, the role is different than he was in the book, so it's it's strange for me, but. Um, yeah, the kid doing the role nails it. I mean, he's got that character down pretty well, and he fits right into the show. Um, I did like the interaction between him and Miller in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot more of it than we saw you know, in, in, the, in the show. Um, but it was also one of those things where I don't think I knew his name in the books because he wasn't really that important of a character. I mean, he was there. I knew what his role was, but yeah. You know, it wasn't like he was a big, big character in, in the series. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I will just, I just have to. I, I don't. Again, I don't want to get too attached to any more characters because every time I do, they die. <laughs> <sighs> Still salty about that. Oh well. So thanks to Andrea for um, tweeting to us. Uh, if you are a listener and you have some kind of feedback or something that you want us to talk about. Uh, on the show, let us know because chances are we will read it, um, or at the very least, I will respond on Twitter. I, I Joel, Joel, will respond on Twitter. Um, shout out to Joel Welch for doing an excellent job at uh, keeping up with all of our social media 
accounts on there. Yes, yes, he does. Without him, I would probably go insane, to be honest. <laughs> so, um, Lou, I guess we can go into our discussion uh, for this episode yeah. of Pyre. Um, I, I guess we can start off with kind of the way the episode starts off with uh, the introduction of a new character. Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny. Last week's episode, you remember I talked about a, a storyline that I didn't think they were going to get to, and it, you know, it wasn't something that was huge in my mind. In the book, it was huge in the book, but it, it never really thrilled me. Everything else about the the book was great, but that that particular storyline didn't really work for me. Yeah, and now we're getting it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, well, so yeah, the, the storyline was um, you know this new character looking for his daughter. Oh, okay. Because that happened early on in, in book two, and it happened in in and amongst the other parts of of the series that we're getting in this in this season. And it's just strange because we're getting the same stuff like we talked about in a different order. Um, so I am really off kilter as far as what's going to happen next and where we're going, which is awesome mm. because it's a story I know, but it's brand new. Yeah. You know, it makes me feel like it's something I haven't seen before, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I really think that's a, a, an amazing thing they're doing with this TV series. Uh, again, as a non-book reader, I can't attest to it, but I, I know you were not the you and Eric are not the only people that have uh, said that. I've seen a lot of the people say that on Twitter too. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of how how they're keeping the TV show fresh and yeah, exactly. interesting to people that are like very familiar with the story already. So. So we get introduced to Prax as I will as I will continue to call him despite other people's objections because uh, he apparently has a full name that I don't feel like well, he, saying. <laughs> his full name is Praxitikimung, okay. and um, you know he, he he does go by Prax in the book. So yeah, Prax is absolutely fine to call this character. Um, it's what they use throughout the book as far as just talking to him. Um, Kind of like you know, Lewis and Lou. See, he's got a short name. Yeah, like I do. You know. So uh, it's played by Terry Chin, and not going to lie, I really like this character. Which, I mean, it it, it spells doom for his fate because when I like a character, they die. <laughs> but oh, come now! But he he kind of gave me the the same vibe that um, Miller and also Alex did. Uh, those are the two characters that I immediately felt attached to, and, and something about I don't I don't know if it was the actor. I'm curious to see how I feel when I watch this live too, but I'm not sure if it was the actor or the character or both. But I really, I, I guess I kind of sympathize for him, and I just I, I can I, for some reason I connect to him, mm-hmm. which is weird because I have no children and he does. So, I don't know. Well, I mean, he I'm, does I'm a good really job with it. About him, I guess. Yep. I mean, he does a great job with with the role too. I mean, um, you know, it, it it takes place on Ganymede, so we're 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 hearkening back to the same um, you know location we had two episodes ago with the whole um, or no last episode I guess right Seventh Man. Uh, yes. Or no, the episode before that was well. When we first, it kind of yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was over two episodes. So, so we're back in the same place where we had that huge fight with the with the alien, and 
and we see some of the aftermath of what's happening and what happens to the colony. And I mean, you know, talk about a heartbreaking, sad story. I mean, this guy loses his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's a refugee now. I mean, everybody's evacuating Ganymede because you know they can't sustain life there anymore. I mean, this was uh, the place where they're growing all the food for the belt, pretty much. But um, you know, the the, the colony is is kind of in shambles and it can't support itself anymore. So now they're all going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know how long he's been on that freighter for, but. He did not look too good. In fact, that that huge scar he's got inside of his head with the staples, yeah, holding it together. I'm like, oh, that. Yeah, I, I I saw that and I was like, damn, that looks not something I'd want to have to go through. Yeah, yeah. It must be hell trying to sleep on that side of his head. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he has no hair yeah. there to uh, to hey hey, hey it. watch it watch it. <laughs> You know, you know, but you rest your hand against it. Ooh, wow, that's going to hurt. Yeah. Man. So I, I kind of want to bring up a little bit of negativity. And I know that's something we don't want to talk about too much on the show. But it's it's a vibe that I'm getting when they introduce new characters that aren't um, like, uh, like the main crew. They didn't really have a problem with the main crew, but um, – I'm I'm getting a pro this issue of and it's not just the expanse like this is other TV shows too and again it might just be my attention span I'm not I'm just not paying enough attention but I don't recall once them ever calling this character Prax or anything similar to that in in the show in the episode um, and again I only in- I watched it once. I skimmed it a second time before we recorded, so I might be wrong, and it, again, it might be my attention span. Yeah, you, you know, I, I think you're right, though. I'm thinking back to what I'm thinking, because when he's on the refugee ship, the the uh, associate he had in there, the, the, you know, the other doctor, mm-hmm. she's calling him, you know, by his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she ever called him by his first name. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nobody really knows him when he gets to Tycho, so no one's calling him by name. They're just kind of directing him where to go and, you know, who to look for. And and then when Holden and Naomi find him, I think they, you know, they're trying to make sure he is who he is. Like, you're Praxitiki Meng, right? You know, yeah. They use his full name, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, you could be right. That that Yeah, it's strange. And I feel like this is a problem, again, with not only The Expanse, but a lot of TV shows that they're not... I mean, maybe it's just me that I have to be told a character's name multiple times, kind of obviously at the start or whenever they're introduced to really remember it and um, start to feel myself connecting with them. Um, Drummer is another one, another character that I would not know her name, and we've seen her like all season... I would not know her name if it wasn't for Twitter. Right. Yeah, I, I, same thing with me. I, she's not one that they use her name a lot in the show, so it's mm-hmm. like, who, who is her name again? Yeah. So, I mean, again, I, I don't know if this is just me or if it's um, something that is more akin to the show, but I wish they would say names more. <laughs> or at yeah, least... Yeah. I don't know, make it a little bit more 
obvious, and I, you know, I don't want it to detract. Well, it was just his first introduction too, so you may see that later on as we get, you know, maybe they'll talk about him more as he gets to interact with people that know him. Yeah, that is true. So that that could be the whole thing. He's brand new; nobody knows him where he is, so no one's really saying his name. Yeah, that is a good point. So. Uh, before we go on to really anything else that happens, I want to keep, keep keep on Prax for a minute before he gets to the refugee ship and talk about a scene that I know you'll be really excited to talk about. Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think you misread me. Really? Yeah, because um, I, I know the scene you're talking about. You're, you're talking about the spacing scene, right? Yes. Now... Okay, no, Eric brings up a lot that I space people in in <laughs> in um, the Old Republic, but I do that for a reason. It, it's it's to make things efficient and get to where I need to be. I didn't just space a bunch of Earthers and Marshall because I wanted to. I mean, that's what they did. They basically just we're going to get rid of these interplanet type people and just get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can kind of see that coming. Um, I don't know if you kind of saw that coming um, before it happened, but I, I kind of saw it coming. Um, from a mile away, when he's first saying, you know, uh, if you go on the interplanets, you know, anybody, from, you know, here, you, you get this ship, we're going to get on this ship, and everybody's, every interplanet type, you got to come this way. I was like, something doesn't feel right there. Mm-hmm. Is that the feeling you got too? Or yes. Was it a surprise? Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, um, <laughs> it, it's funny that you, you brought that, that, that emotional, um, feeling up because, I remember watching it and I was like, what's happening here? Like, are we having one of those like tearful, he's going to somehow say, I love you. And she's like, I love you too moments. And then they are parted forever. And then I realized what was happening. And honestly, I kind of was like, I I was breathless for a minute. Like I didn't, I literally didn't breathe because. Yeah. I I was surprised by it, but I also kind of saw it coming. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I saw it coming earlier when they were all in that room and they were starting to, you know, the announcers were saying, you know, if you're going to Earth and Mars, get on this ship. Yeah. And I had a weird feeling about it. But then when she's in that airlock and they're looking at each other through the window, like you said, they're having that moment of, are they going to say it, you know? Yeah. I thought the, the weirdest thing in my mind was they they turned off the, or, or they went to, you know, no thrust, so there was no gravity. Uh-huh. And... I thought it was strange that they both had this look like, oh, this is awesome yeah. on their face. I'm thinking to myself, you live in space. You've never been witless before. This should not be a new feeling for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, I thought it was a little bit bizarre. It was just the reaction of the actors was kind of like, this is not a novel concept. You live in space. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that was, a, that was a shocker. I was, I didn't, I mean, I saw it coming, but I was like, are they really going to space these people just for, yeah, they did. Yep. This guy was like, and then he was like, Telling practice, you're lucky. You're you know you're a belter. You're you know mm-hmm. we'll get rid of those interplanet types. Yeah. Well, okay. That that's interesting. Um, actually, one of the uh, people that I follow on Twitter, um, Dustin, who is a sound editor for the show, uh, we interact quite frequently. Actually, um, he said people say the blood snowflakes from last episode are haunting, and they are. But I think next episode has an even more haunting moment. And I'm curious <laughs> tomorrow when I watch this if this is what he's talking about because it was especially this is when they show the bodies in space and the the girl's yeah. face it is 
Like I'm pretty sure that's the scene he's talking about. Yeah, yeah it is so chilling. Yeah, well, she had that that fish out of water. Yeah, you know, like like a fish that you you, know, you see and flopping around on the the table, and you can see the mouth kind of yeah trying to get air. It was like, wow, that is really creepy. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see the lips start to freeze up as it was out in space too long. Like, wow. Yeah. Oh, it it just gives gets me like out of breath thinking about it. No, it, no, it, no pun intended. It does. Yeah, exactly. But it does set the stage for. You know, the hatred between the inner planets and the belt. Yeah. I mean, you know, this guy running this or, uh, you know, the guy was marching people into the airlock. um, You know, he clearly is a belter and he's, you know, doing what he thinks is a service to get rid of um, interplanet people. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's harsh. Yeah. Well, you know, that's one thing the show's really been doing well is kind of playing up that um that that political conflict and we're seeing it not only from the political sides of things uh, which reminded me did we not we didn't see uh Avsarala at all this episode i don't think we did oh, no huh. oh, i don't think so interesting um yeah we didn't uh we're, we're kind of getting that but also the the more real life um like actual consequences uh, we're we're not just seeing you know, verbal conflict. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a real strength of the expanse so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, we did get, I'm starting to really become a little fascinated with, uh, Amos. We don't really get too much backstory with him, but I, I heard from people and I also feel like that's coming. And it's, I'm really curious as to, um, you know, where they're, taking his character and what we're going to learn about him. Uh, I feel like maybe at this point we should start getting some of that backstory of our, our main crew. And he's probably right now, I'd say he's the one I'm most interested in just because of his, of his attitude that uh, he exhibits, you know, on a pretty daily basis. Um, I mean, he he is one of the more interesting characters in the book as well too. I really like Amos's character. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for him in this episode though. Really? Um, I mean, I know they're playing off the the thing that happened to him last week with the kid and the mom, where you know the kid was mad because he pushed his mom down and this and that, and it's still affecting him. But it seems like they're making this to be a huge deal, and there's no real reason given for why mm-hmm. so far in the, in the show. Um, I mean, he, you know, he looked very, very strange in this episode. Um, when he walked out of whatever room it was he walked out of and, and, um, Alex is coming after him and asked him to help fix hand terminals or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, and he just kind of walked away. It was like, he's in a daze. I'm like, why is he that affected by what's going on here? It just seems strange. I mean, they haven't given us enough detail yet to know why he is acting that way. Yeah. Um, you know, we did see him looking on a on a screen where he was trying to look up somebody's name. Um, you know, Lydia, I guess it was her name. Yeah, um, and that was a woman that you talked about in the last episode with the you know the weird guy from the science lab. But it it just seems like he's he's gone off the deep end very very fast. Mm-hmm. And until now, they've had him be this really strong physical character that you know not much bothers him. 
it just seems to me they haven't given enough context that yet. I mean, do you feel the same way? Do you feel like it might just might just be too critical? Um, hmm. Uh, personally, I didn't really see a problem with it. Uh, I, I think I kind of said this, but it makes me more intrigued about the backstory, the the way they're handling it. Like, it's not something that I'm just like clawing for. I'm not trying to really read into into things too quickly and like say I want this information now. Um, but I think I almost think that we're that up to now, kind of like you said, we're, we're we've seen him as this really brute character, and that maybe we're supposed to start thinking that maybe he's not all that, and uh, I don't know. It's really just I don't I don't know how to describe what I'm trying to say. Uh, I kind of disagree with you, but. Again, maybe it's just me not knowing. Like you obviously know some of the backstory of the character, and I don't. Um, yeah, but it just seems to me that it. I don't know. It just seemed awful quick to have him change that dramatically in one episode. Yeah, yeah. I guess one I, I, little I, interaction with the kid. I mean, and, and, and you know, maybe I'm way out base. I just you know, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just mm-hmm. to me, it just seemed like it was very fast for him going from the kind of. You know, ball breaker. I'm a tough guy. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. To all of a sudden now, this weeping little pile of mush that is yeah. all upset. Well, to be fair, um, I mean, this isn't really the best example, but it's what immediately comes to mind. Think about Star Wars. We have Episode Six, where we have Darth Vader is like this really evil guy, and all it takes is to see his son get tortured for him to find the good within him and kill the emperor. Spoilers, by the way, for those who haven't seen Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. That was a bit quick, too. So, and, and you know, uh, uh, yeah, to make another Star Wars reference, we see Anakin Skywalker turn to the dark side pretty quickly without really any build-up. I mean, that's... You can argue that's a flaw right, of the movies, right. but... Um, yeah. So... Uh, what, what Amos mean? They, they they gave you reasons why. I mean, you, you kind of knew what it was. This just seems like okay. There's one encounter with this kid and his mom, and now mm-hmm. he's all freaked out. Uh, you know. Well, it could. We're gonna get more of it quickly. Maybe we'll, this week we'll dig into that. Yeah, it could just be that. Um, I mean, and this is another thing the expanse has done too. It's it's teased. It's what you know. It's overall plan and its overall end goal, without giving you too much at one time. So that could be, and I think it's done really well uh, so far in that regard. Maybe that's just what they're doing with Amos too, because again, you you don't want to immediately have um, all your questions answered. So maybe the fact that you are saying this and you're it's making you think is really what the show wants you to do. Could be. So. Um, now, I, I want to kind of talk in length a little bit about uh, the the end act of the episode um, when the uh, – are they the Belters? They're the Belters, right? They come in and try to steal mm-hmm. the missiles? Yep. Okay, and send them back to Earth. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, with but a little, with, a little, with a little bow. Yeah. Just, here you go. 
<laughs> but before we talk about that, I want to see if there's anything that you wanted to bring up before we get to it, because I feel like that's kind of the uh, the end conclusion of not only this episode, but also um, Pyre as well. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it, that, that's pretty much the, the you know the ultimate story going on here is is that. Um, I did think it was was cool the uh, video message that um, um, was given to Fred at the beginning of the episode where he said no put it on the big screen and yeah. you got to hear it. Um, you know that was a really strong message that he's sending back that Dawes is sending back to everybody now um, to basically say don't trust Fred. Yeah. You know? and, so now you've got you know Earth and Mars at, at odds with each other, and you've got the belt that's now um, you know kind of dividing up themselves. Uh-huh. Where um, I don't think we saw that as much in the book, so it's it's again another interesting twist that that is new to me. Yeah, I, I really like dolls. I I'm, I hope mm. that we see more like intense in person reactions or encounters. Uh, from him, yeah. because and, and, and you know that message he gave really sets up the end of the episode. Yeah, because that's what set these guys off. Yeah. So, all right. So I guess we can go ahead and go into the uh, go into the the the, fi- the final scenes um, discussion now. So we find out that there is a uh, I guess a, a traitor amongst the the ranks. Um, and I guess in like the security area, which I, I, I found it funny when um, I think it was Holden was talking to uh, drummer and said, um, who's in charge of security? And she said, I am. And right. he said something along the lines of, well, you're doing a pretty bad job of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. Well, you know, you're either really incompetent or you got people that you don't, that don't, that are working against you. You know, it's like, wow. Yeah. So I, did, I, I didn't catch what he said, but he said something to her and she said, well, say what you mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he went right out. I'm like, okay. That, that puts it right out there, doesn't it? Yeah. I was thinking this the entire time I was watching the scene. I said, you know, I really wouldn't upset Drummer if I were you. <laughs> She's a slight woman, but she is pretty uh, badass. So. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what what did you think of the scene overall? Or the, the sets of scenes, I guess. Because I was I was on the edge of my seat to be honest with you. You know, again, this is one of the things that's supposed to keep me on on the edge of my seat because this is not something that was in the book the way it was, you know, described here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, well, where are they going? Who, who's doing what? And where does this fit into what I know from the book? So yeah, it was definitely um, keep an eye on everything. I was a bit, I thought it was a bit. Um, all too neatly wrapped up at the end, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seemed like a... I don't know. Too much of a coincidence that they heard the beeping right when they heard it, and they looked at the thing and said, oh, wait, someone's doing something with the missiles. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Where did that come from? It's like, you know... It, it was almost like the, the writers went, hey, we got to make sure we make sure they, they catch the whole missile thing so we can get them to save everybody up in ops, because... We forgot to say that Naomi was watching the missiles. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was good, but it just seemed a little bit too neat to me at the end. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Came at the last second, and we always saved everybody right at the end. Hmm. I was kind of hoping that 
Um, and we sort of get it at the end, but, uh, you know, that, um, drummer gets shot and honestly, I like, I, again, I like her as a character. Like I really enjoy her as a character and I thought she's going to die. Isn't she? <laughs> of course. Mm. Another character I like dies. Um, but, uh, <laughs> she gets shot. And then, um, you know, the, the, the Holden and the, everyone else comes in and rescues and they, and they turn off the, um, they turn off the oxygen in the room, which I thought was pr- a pretty clever idea. I didn't realize what yep. they were doing at first, um, yep. until it happened. And then, um, you know, after they rescue everybody, uh, um, Alex is, you know, helping drummer up and it's like, okay, let's, you know, let's get you down to the, the med bay or whatever, get you, get you all patched up. And then she just like gets away from him, picks up a gun, shoots the two other guys. Uh, right that, in the head. Yeah. yeah, and then just walks off, all you know, intimidating and frustrated. And I was like, "Wow." <laughs> yeah, I was I was shocked by that too. I was like, "Ooh, that was pretty pretty bad." Yeah, but also I'm thinking to myself, okay, when they took over the op station, you were holding your gun to the guy, saying, "Drop it, drop it." Drop it. You should just shot him then. Yeah. I mean, you're not afraid to shoot people, so obviously you should just blow those two guys away, and you would have been all set. But mm-hmm. um, no, it was a good culmination of the ending. I mean, it was fun. It was action packed. It was exciting. I just thought it was a bit contrived, you know, the way they worked it out. Mm-hmm. The the thing I thought that was more important in the overall story development, and I'm not, I don't want to jump around if you were, if you weren't done with that. Session. Oh no, go ahead. Um, in the overall story development of what's going on. I like the tension we're getting between Naomi and um, Holden over the yes. whole protomolecule thing. Um, you know, she finds out he doesn't tell her that there's more protomolecule out there. And, you know, obviously she's, you know, had that sample that she supposedly destroyed a couple of episodes ago that is mm-hmm. not destroyed. And that's the episode, the, the, the sample that, um, you know, she is looking at that. Ooh, maybe, oh my God, what I what I have saved out there is what's causing this to react, and that's what that's what they're talking to. And yeah. Now she's all freaked out that no, oh, I got the only sample, and it's supposed to be destroyed, and nobody's going to know. And then when they go to the array to find out where he's been getting messages from, they find it was on Ganymede. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of like, you know, I got out of that one. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's 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 all this tension between her and Holden right now, and it's. It's kind of cool because they just got together, and now it's all of a sudden. Well, maybe it's yeah. not all paradise now. Yeah, there, there, there are some, um, there are some really good scenes between the two in this episode, and I think that um, that's a really good way of of sort of describing the chemistry between um, Dominique and Stephen. They, I feel like they really get each other in term, like from an actor's standpoint. Um, and that that's like they can they can play off the characters and the emotions of the characters uh better than probably others could so i know there was a scene at the end of the episode um i can't remember what holden was saying in it but um it was when like they had their their heads together and he was saying probably some like i think it was something like um if we do some pretty much if like we do something uh we'll always be you know together or something like that um mm-hmm. and i really i really enjoyed that uh i again i think that i i remember being a little critical about 
their romance because I thought it was a little forced or a little mm. unexpected. Um, mm. But I think the way that it's played out has been a lot better and a little bit more believable. So, um, and again, I think a lot of that has to do with the uh, chemistry between the two actors as well. Yeah, they, they, those two actors have done a great job making that work. And in the books, we get a lot more. I mean, obviously, you get a lot more exposition, a lot more detail about it. But they made the they made the relationship, you know, come on more slowly because you could do that in a book over you know um, many many pages versus you know ten episodes. Yeah. So um, it was definitely a little bit easier to understand what was going on in the book mm-hmm. when it comes to their relationship. Yeah. All right. Well, Lou, do you have any final thoughts on this? Um, just that I'm excited to see where this season's going. I mean, I've looked ahead online at the the episode titles, and I won't say I'm here because people think that's a spoiler sometimes, so I won't give that away. But the episode titles lead me to get very excited about what's coming up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so speaking of episode titles, um, the next one that we'll be talking about is The Weeping somnambulist and i hope i say that right sounds right okay um no idea what that is i didn't even know somnambulist was a word until autocorrect put it in my phone when i was typing it earlier um (laughs) so i'm curious to see what that means again i know last week i talked about um how i felt like it was it was character development and at the time i thought it was boring a a rewatch made me take back that statement a little bit but um it, it was really in a, one of those slow movers that really set things up that i think will be more important to the overall season as a whole once we have all of it um and we know what's coming forward but i think this was similar to that with a little bit more uh development but i think it's it it does a great job at um Again, not only setting up the next episode, but really, you know, giving us something to talk about. I, I think mm. a, there there are many many episodes of a TV show that if we did a podcast on um, for that show, it would probably be maybe twenty minutes. Whereas, you know, a, a good episode will make us have you know thirty, forty, maybe even hour long discussion mm. about it. So. And I think this is one of those that, again, doesn't have too much in terms of, uh, you know, heart-pounding action, but it, it does a good job of building the story up and building the universe. And, again, I think that's something that The Expanse has done a very, very good job of so far. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely. I would definitely agree with you 100%. All right, Lou. Any, any last words before we hit the end credits here? No, I think we can run ourselves right out. All right, sounds good. So you can send us feedback on the show um, multiple ways. We have our email. It's crashcouch at randomchatter.com. You can also find us on social media. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash randomchatternetwork. The Twitter account for uh, our show is at crashcouch. Uh, Don't forget that I do a live tweet of The Expanse every single Wednesday um, for the East Coast airing at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. So watch it uh, on Sci-Fi, or if you're in Canada, watch it on the Space Channel. Sometimes it's weird because sometimes when I'm live tweeting, um, 
I, I, we have uh, Canadian um, people that I follow, both fans and also people that work on the show that watch on the Space Channel. So sometimes the airing is a little off sync with uh, the sci-fi thing. Oh, so yeah, okay. sometimes it's like they're like. Uh, we will be ahead and they'll be like a couple minutes behind or they'll be a couple minutes forward. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm a little confused. <laughs> I'm a little confused. How are you already tweeting about that? So, <laughs> but yes, you can find that uh, at crash couch. I highly recommend that you follow us and uh, interact with me um, both, you know, on uh, during live tweets and also not because uh, either myself or Joel will get back to you. Um, and again, we'll read it on the air too. If it's something we can talk about. Uh, you can also find the network Twitter uh, for Random Chatter at Random Chatter. My Twitter is at The Curse of Chris. Eric's Twitter is at Eric Blythe. That's E-R-I-K-B-L-Y-T-H-E. Lou, what is your Twitter? Uh, mine is at Lou Secchi. That's L-O-U-S-E-C-K-I. You can find all of our shows at RandomChatter.com. Again, we have a whole slew of them. Um, if you're into TV uh, shows, that's aside from The Expanse. We have ones for um, some of the Marvel content and uh, uh, DC superhero shows as well. Uh, we have Star Wars content and general entertainment content. Um, again, just lots of stuff. Go on there. I'm sure you'll find something aside from Crash Couch to listen to uh, that tickles your fancy. Uh, you can spread the word about the network and the show. Leave us reviews on iTunes when we get the feed uh, and Stitcher as well. Uh, tell your fr- <laughs> um, tell your friends about us. Uh, I, I know that we're not the only Expanse podcast out there. Um, I know that the the Churn, which is the official uh, sci-fi expanse sci-fi, sci-fi Expanse podcast, uh, is also out there um, to, be, to be available to listen to. Uh, but, you know, we try to offer something on this show that you don't get on anything else. Uh, so definitely let us know what you think of that. Uh, let's see. Support us on Patreon. Uh, we have our uh, Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash random chatter. Uh, you get lots of stuff uh, from that, including for just a dollar a month donation, entrance into our Slack channel, which is always lots of fun. Uh, we, we discuss this show in detail. We discuss Star Wars. We discuss um, families and personal stuff, and just you know, it's a lot of a lot of cool things um, pop up in Slack. Sometimes not cool things, but hey, that's just what happens. Yep. <laughs> so uh, again, more information about that can be found at Patreon.com/slash/RandomChatter. Uh, finally, the music you hear in The Crash Couch is Welcome to the End by Cell Dweller. As always, check out everything that Cell Dweller does. You will not be disappointed. And uh, I think that's about it. Lou, any, any last words? No, I think we're good. All right. So again, next time we will be talking about The Weeping Somnambulist. Uh, I have been your host, Chris McGuffin, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>